are mine now. You belong to me. Today we are going to play a new fun game. Hello, welcome to the Twin Picks podcast. My name is Dan, and this week we've got co-host again, what is called Nicole. Hello. Hello. You're back. I'm back. Across oceans and deserts and bits of Europe. Depends which way you're going, I guess. (laughs) You're joining us again. So thanks. You're back again. You're, you're, You're glutton for punishment, aren't you? Yeah. Last time we recorded, we didn't do um, that bit where we say what's coming up in the show. So I'm going to do that now. Ah, okay. So we've got three sections. We've got Anything Goes, where we talk about anything to do with our lives and what we've been up to, which at the moment is not much. Not much. We've got the main bit, which is the review section of a show where we talk about the films that we picked last episode. And last time we picked the theme to be films you should have watched. Yeah, so we chose Apocalypse Now and The Truman Show. And then we've got to pick our films for the next episode, right? Yeah. Um, and then we'll move on to Stitch Up, where we pick a film for each other. We do like a toss or something or a vote and the loser has to watch that film. I lost again. I mean, I, I lose all the time with Albert, so why not carry on the tradition and lose with <laughs> Nicole as well? So I had to watch uh, a Miley Cyrus film called LOL, LOL, which was delightful. It was wonderful. It sounds delightful. And then we we'll do more stitch-ups. Yeah, we'll figure out who lost the poll this week. I did the poll on my Instagram page. Did, yes. I've got a bone to pick with you about that. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'll talk to you about it later. Okay. Anything goes. What's been going on in your area? In the southern hemisphere. In the southern hemisphere, yeah. I've been doing a bit of walking, a bit of exercise, a little bit of sewing, because, you know, there's so many things that you can do. So many things to sew. Yeah. Yes, so many things to sew. Our restriction laws, I think they're going to stage two. I'm not exactly sure what's happening. Uh, like what the requirements are. I think we might be able to have Aussie barbecues in the backyard as of uh, Monday, but we'll find well, out. <laughs> prior, get your priorities right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean we can't have a barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't have a barbecue, but it would be like whoever you, you're living with, but you can invite a couple of people over. So, so small gatherings. Yes. When we did the last podcast, we were, me and my friends were doing trivia yeah. And as we finished the podcast, I messaged them. I was like, is trivia still going? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come come join us again. Um, I, To be honest, I didn't really contribute very much anyway because I'm not very good at trivia. <laughs> but our team came second, so woohoo. Well, brilliant. Go, go All team. thanks to you. Yeah. <laughs> All thanks to me not yeah. attending for like 40 minutes of the, t- the time. What else did we do? There was a drawing class. On Saturday, so I had to draw someone else. Was and it she a nude? Drew me. No, God, no. Wouldn't that be <laughs> awkward? Imagine a bunch of us nudes on the screen drawing yeah. each other. Yeah, just, 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 just some grapes to cover over the groinal areas. <laughs> Are you going to put some of your drawing uh, out on social media? Do you want to see what it looks like? Yeah. I think it's on our our little virtual camping group. I could show you. I'll show you later. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. Mine's really bad compared to the girl who drew me. She drew me really well. <laughs> we had a bit of a chat about South America because I was wearing a jumper that I bought from there. Yeah. Reminiscing then, over over being over there. Yeah. yeah. Have you been to South? 
South America. Yeah. No, I've been to South End. Oh yeah. You live there. Yeah, I live there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to South um Hampton. <laughs> Southampton. No, I've never been to Southampton. <laughs> and then in the evening was our movie night and it was a Swiss Army man. Oh, I you watched Swiss Army Man? Yeah. I didn't actually watch it with my mates because I showed my sister-in-law the preview. She's like, oh, let's watch it all together as a family. Yeah. So my friend watched it and then I, I think I watched it like half an hour behind them and my family absolutely hated it. I, I thought it was brilliant. It was, yeah, yeah I liked it. Was, it. It's very quirky. Very. I can understand someone not liking it, though. I could, yeah. I, like, if my nan watched it, she'd be like, what the, on earth the was that about? <laughs> <laughs> so I, do, I get it. It's very strange, isn't it? It's, an, it's yeah. like a quirky, like you said, it's a quirky film, but it is yeah. good and, and different. House. Yeah. I think, I think it cost to make it was 2.8. Was it? And then the bo- in the box office, it was about 5.8 or, or 6 mil. Yeah. Like they just broke even. It took 28 days to make it as well. Did it? It was a low, it was a low budget film. I didn't, I'd never heard of it until it came out on VOD or like Blu-ray. But I'd never heard of it up until that point. But it is, yeah, it is low budget. Was it Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, that's right. What else have I seen? Uh, yesterday, there's currently a short film festival happening online. Someone who I used to work with, uh, their film featured on it yesterday, and I've never seen it. It's called El Nino, which means the boy. And I watched that yesterday. That was quite good. Send us a link. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link. Yeah, I think yeah. you can still watch, because it's going to be going over a number of days. So you okay. can just watch it through YouTube, and they list, oh. I think it's like five or six different Movies per night. Uh, what else have I seen? Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, final episode. So it's finished so now, is it? <laughs> I should give you the rundown so you can uh, tell Albert what you yeah. watched. Yeah, well, and then I don't need to watch it. How, how was it? Was it? Did it finish well? Yeah, it was really sad because... Hold on, let me... Let it was me all a dream. No, it wasn't a dream. So what happened is... Spoilers for um, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Yes. I don't know why she has to get like an MRI scan done, but she goes to the hospital and then while she's getting the head scan done, the power goes out and all of these weird things happen and then all of a sudden she can hear and see people singing in real life and it's only her that can see and then there's like yeah. da- people dancing and everything. The reason why she hears these certain people sing is because they've got an issue and then she has to resolve that issue. So she's going around solving people's problems. Like It's like yeah. a quantum leap meets high school musical yeah it's kind of do you know have, do you have quantum leap no <laughs> i, I mean, know what glee is i've, I've never glee. watched glee yeah. would have been a better yeah, it's kind of yeah glee it kind of reminds me of glee in a way uh, better version uh, of it <laughs> <laughs> do you think there'll be another series i think there will be it's really sad because um zoe's dad oh god what is the guy's name Pete Gallagher. Pete Gallagher. He was in um, the OC, the father in the, the OC. What's that guy's uh, name? I've not seen the OC. No. <laughs> anyway, he's got a PSP. He can't talk and he's slowly losing the ability to swallow as well. You know that he's like suffering and eventually he's going to pass away. And there's, I think, episode eight. They all go to the um, the doctor's office and they think, oh, you know, he's been improving, like he's been able to communicate in a different way. 
But the doctors give him the bad news that he's not going to survive. And then the final episode is about him and he unfortunately passes away. And the last song of the episode was American Pie. Uh, Miss American Pie. Yeah. Are they all singing at the funeral? No, they, they didn't actually show the funeral. Well, it sounds like a very uplifting ending. Yeah. Really sad. I actually had a bit of a tear. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, bless you. What have you been uh, up to? Um, yeah. Well, I've been. It's been really nice weather here in southern England. Uh, I've been going out for runs. I did an eight-mile run on Sunday, and my body is it hates me at the moment. My body mm-hmm. is just absolutely knackered, and I went for another run yesterday, too soon, and uh, now I've pulled a muscle in my leg. Um, oh no. So it's not too bad. I can still walk around and it's all right. But if I go again, like I've got to leave it for about a week now before I go again. So I'm just going to go out on the bike today. That should be all right. Nice. But it's been lovely. And then apart from that, I've been just really just watching a load of films. I fell down a Michael Sheen hole the other day. Mm. I ended up watching a load of Michael Sheen films. I watched Apostle. Um, Michael Sheen is one of my favourite actors. He was in Frost Nixon, Ron Howard film, and that's one of my favourite films. But I ended up um, watching a few of his films. Um, yeah, The Damned and the United or what. And I started watching a show called Good Omens. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's on I Amazon. Have. That's Prime. on Amazon, yeah. Yeah, and um, I've watched two episodes of it. It's all, it's all right. It's not, it hasn't grabbed me. Do you know what I mean? It's quite, it's quite a good premise. It's, there are a couple of like, one's a good angel, one's a bad angel. It's David Tennant and Michael Sheen. And it's quite yeah. comical. But I'll probably finish it at some point. But it's 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 all right. It's pretty funny, but nothing mind blowing. A couple of people had recommended some films to me, but that Michael Sheen's been in Heartlands and Bright Young Things. I haven't got round to those yet, but I'll probably carry on my Sheen hole and watch those. I watched Super Size Me too. I've seen the first one. I never knew there was a second one. The first one is where he just lives on McDonald's a month is it a month yeah Bre- so. breakfast lunch and dinner is just mcdonald's and it's yeah so i can't on, think of anything worse to do you'd feel awful wouldn't you after just yeah. one day yeah i went to tassie a few years back i think like i don't really have takeaway very much anyway and we had maccas like three out of the four days and i was just like oh i'm so not used to it so imagine doing that for a three month. times a day for a whole month like oh yeah no not disgusting. pleasant it wasn't good for him, but he's done a sequel and it's um, it's not about consuming fast food, really. He's, he opens up his own chicken restaurant. Right. And it's about how since he made the first film, takeaways have started to brand their food as healthy, like and use certain words like natural or organic or free mm. range. And he's looking into what those words actually mean. And I don't mean anything. Like when you boil it down to, you know, what does natural mean? could mean anything it doesn't mean that it's healthy so it's all about how the corporations are now representing their brand and trying to market themselves as 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 healthy so people go for it and he'd opened this shop to try and show people what you know what they're doing and it's all right it's not as good as the first one yeah i mean i couldn't recommend it really just go on youtube and type in food marketing and then you'll you'll learn everything that i learned from that documentary (laughs) Um, have you watched Have you watched a sugar film? Sugar film, no. Yeah. Is that a documentary? Like an, uh, yeah, it's 
Aussie based, kind of similar to Super Size Me, except yeah, with sugar. Uh, what? Yeah, so you can only eat sugar for a month. Well, not just eating sugar, but just noticing how much sugar is in your food. Yeah. So it's, I think you're supposed to only eat like 48 grams of sugar per day or something like that. This guy, Damon, like he does the same amount of exercise and he's relatively healthy. I don't think he has a lot of sugar in his usual diet. Yeah. And throughout the 30 days, he's having this much sugar per day and also doing the same exercises and same daily routine just to see how the it difference. affects your body kind of thing. It was quite yeah. good. Is that an Australian thing? Is that on, what, what do you have, Stan? Is it Stan? We've got, that is on Stan. I watched <laughs> yeah. it. I watched, I, watched, I watched his other documentary uh, yesterday, no, a couple of days ago, ago called 2040, which is about yeah. the environment and how the environment's going to be in 20 years' time, just to see how what kind of life his daughter will grow up in and just showing different ways that we could potentially change and then hopefully have, you know, it won't be as shit in 20 years' time. Um, well, well, I watched finally, you know, last week we, um, uh, we did our picks films we should have watched yeah. and I picked three and you picked three and, uh, on my list was LA Confidential, Apocalypse Now and Her. And Her, yeah. Um, I watched, her. I watched Her. Yeah. I've never, obviously never seen it because that's why it was on the list. Are you eating yeah. a snack? I might be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, was, I finally got around to it. Um, it's one of those that I've always wanted to see, but I just kind of was like, mm, uh, I'm not really in the mood for it. And I watched it uh, yesterday, and it's amazing. It's so good. It's obviously, it's Joaquin Phoenix plays like a guy who's broken up with his wife, or that he's getting a divorce. About a year he's been, they've been apart, and he's struggling to get past it. He's okay, he's just a bit isolated and doesn't do much. He's in a bit of a sort of limbo. But then he gets this new phone or gets this AI that he uploads to his computer and his phone and that's Scarlett Johansson. Anyway, they kind of fall in love. She is this obviously this new thing, this new being who she starts to learn and grow. And it's just about it's just about that really. It's about learning and growing and, and moving through things and allowing people to grow and move on and kind of accepting what life throws at you and, and that sort of thing. It's a really, really, really good film. Yeah, I had a little I had a little cry as well in that. Oh, yeah. bless. Yeah, it's lovely. Better than Jexy, was it? Jexy, better than Jexy. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even think about it. We could do an AI phone double bill, do Jexy yeah. and her. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, I it was saw better the, than Because you, uh, you gave me that full stitch up, which I fortunately lost. Uh, I, I didn't lose, I should say. No, I lost. And I, uh, I saw the trailer for it. I'm like, oh, my God, this does look terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's not good. What are what are the guys that you you and Albert usually listen to? Movie Drone. Movie Drone, that's right. Yeah. Been listening yeah. to them. Yeah, yeah, they've been releasing a few episodes. I listen to podcasts constantly, really. So I've got a few Empire podcasts, Weekly Planet, which is one of yours. It's an Australian one. Oh yeah, you have yeah, told me about that. I watched Tremors the other day. Tremors. Yeah, it's about giant sandworms. I watched The Hurt Locker, Bowfinger. And that's it, really. Right, let's let's move on to the main part of the, the show, which is where we've got to review our should have watched Double Bill. 
and we've got Apocalypse Now and True Man Show. What would you we... like to start with? I'm thinking starting with Truman. So Truman Show came out in 1998. It was directed by Peter Weir. He's an Aussie who was born in Sydney. And it stars Jim Carrey as Truman Burbank, Ed Harris as Christoph, and then a few other people. But it's basically about Jim Carrey and he's, uh, unknowingly, he's the star of his own reality TV show. And it's just about him. Everyone's on the outside world is watching him. He's living out his life in this dome. He doesn't know it's a reality show. So every all the things that we see happening that are not kind of real he doesn't know do you know what i mean yeah like it's just it's just it's just his life um but this was one of your picks wasn't it yes and we we knocked i knocked two out of your list to 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 get down to the truman show what did you what did you think of this film i did like it is a little bit different to what jim carrey usually does the story is a bit like big brother i guess like everyone's watching you there's another film similar to this called ed tv which has got matthew mcconaughey in it Right. But he knows, like, there's a camera crew following him round. Um, so he's just going around living his life. I think The Truman Show was the better of the two sort of similar films. Did they both come out around the same time? I think so. I think Ed TV may have been a year or two after. But yeah, so Jim Carrey is, is Truman Burbank and he's got this kind of idyllic wife, life, job, work. Everyone in his life, they're all actors. Everyone that he sees every single day, it's, they're in this big dome that he doesn't know about. Uh, and they're all actors and they're, everyone's being directed by the man in the moon, um, Christoph. Christoph, yeah. Which um, obviously, I guess, is a metaphor for Christ in some way, given that Christ is featured in his name and he's in the sky. There you go. He's, he, he's talking at Jim Carrey and stuff, which comes later. And he's like always wanting to leave as well. Yeah. And because he's only in this, well, he doesn't know at the start that he's in this big dome, but he wants to go to Fiji and it's because that he, it's like this girl that he fell in love with. She was obviously an actor at the time, but she was one of the many people who were trying to convince him, like try to tell him that it was just like, this is all a show. This is not real. Yeah. And she was like one of the background actors, wasn't she? And she, yeah. she, um, while she was there, she kind of decided it wasn't right. And her and Jim Carrey formed a like a bond but then she got removed from the show and he'd never stopped thinking about her for years and years and years yeah and it's a, it, it just slowly sort of comes to realization that that things aren't what they seem there's lots of uh, lots of uh, fisheye lenses going on in this film like because it's quite it's quite voyeuristic yeah. isn't it it's meant to be like quite you're <laughs> looking you're looking at uh, jim carrey through the eyes of the show and through the eyes of the viewer on the outside there's a lot a few little bits in it where I probably didn't pick up on this when I was um, younger, when I saw it before, but like where characters would go and push him towards an advert or his wife would say, you really should get rid of that lawnmower. Get this new, um, this new shiny lawnmower. It does, does the job much better. It took a few years to get this made, this film. Apparently they were planning to shoot this in 1995, I think they were. But Jim Carrey was doing Liar Liar and they decided to wait for Carrey because he was right for the part, which I think was the right move. He was pretty spot on in, in this film, wasn't he? Because he had that little that little bit of Jim Carreyness. Like There's one scene in particular that I remember in the car when he's trying to drive away and the traffic, you know, he gets his wife... And he locks That's her in the car right. and he drives away erratically. He's driving round and round and round about and then he goes down the road and all these cars pulls in front of him. And he says, what do you know? There was no traffic a minute ago and all of a sudden this traffic has appeared. And um, he does a bit in a car where he's like sticking his tongue out and moving his head around and it's very <laughs> Jim, Jim Carrey-esque. 
but also it's like the subtle Jim Carreyness, isn't it? It's, there was one part in particular where I really thought it was a brilliant expression on his face, where his wife was saying his wife and, and, and Kerry were at their home, and she had picked up this like pot of hot chocolate, and she was looking at the camera, going, "You know, buy this hot chocolate." And Jim yeah, Carrey's yeah. going, "Who the hell are you talking to? There's, there's yeah. no way." <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? And it was it was brilliant. Just a like, little expression on his face was was great. I thought, yeah, he was excellent. And it was it, this film was a lot deeper than I gave it credit for when I watched it when I was I don't know ninety eight. It came out, so I guess I was fourteen. I really liked a couple of those bits. There was the did you notice the poster in a travel agent when um, Jim Carrey was trying to get a flight to Fiji? He went to the travel agent, and then there was a poster in there. And it showed a picture of a paper, a, a paper aeroplane. It showed a picture of an aeroplane with a lightning bolt going through it. And it's, it was like saying, you know, it's dangerous. You can't go it's travel. dangerous to travel. Yeah. And everything, <laughs> everything was trying to make him, like all of the news broadcasts, they're all messages for him, which obviously he wouldn't know because he's always, he's had that in his entire life. Yeah. They also manufactured a story, didn't they? Because um, when he was, they were trying to think of ways to make him stop leaving so they gave him a story. The story they, they, about his dad. Dad, yeah. When he was a, when he was a kid, he was, they were on a on a sailboat, weren't they? A sailboat, yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, dad, let's keep on going," kind of thing. He's like, "Oh, yeah. no, no, you know, there's a storm coming. We we should head back." He's like, "Oh, maybe just a little bit more." And anyway, uh, the boat capsails, and his dad supposedly dies. Yeah, and he's traumatized. Then yeah, and he's traumatized to drive a. a across water like on a bridge kind of thing then he suddenly gets the courage to be able to cross the bridge did he get his wife to put the foot down or just hold the steering wheel just to get across the bridge uh he closed his eyes put his foot on the accelerator and he made her steer what, what was the what was the catch phrase that he said every time in the morning if i don't see you good afternoon good evening and good night <laughs> that was his that was his thing everyone used to say it yeah the ending was really good so he basically had to um get on a boat so he had to face his fears and get across to the other side which again you could say is like kind of like a metaphor for life in a way do the thing that you're afraid of and you'll get to the other side and then he's you know they're, they're throwing weather at him like you say they're hoping that he's going to turn around and, and go back but um he decides to carry on and he gets to the edge and he hits the edge of the dome goes up this little staircase and the the voice from above comes out Christoph Christ yeah and he um <laughs> they, they have a little chat don't they but basically Jim Jim Carrey decides that he rather than stay in this kind of utopia this 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 perfect life where he's not going to come to any harm um everything's set out for him he's not really going to have any struggles but he would rather face the unknown which is that black rectangle that he steps through and then he's gone, and you don't see him, and that's it. And it's it's a brilliant ending. It's it's all metaphor, basically, isn't it? But it's it's quite. I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it, and it was quick as well. It breezed by, like it was. It was. I started it, and then it was over over before I knew it, and it just didn't hang around. There were no unnecessary scenes. It was in and out, and it was. I watched it. Very time. easy watch. But easy that's easy fair. watch. Yeah. Easy watch, but deep. So it's like a nice deep film, but it's accessible for everyone do you know what i mean you can watch it and Absolutely. go oh jim, jim carrey funny or you could go oh there's deeper meaning to this film so it's 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 good on it's good on two part two sides and i can see why a lot of people hold this film in high regard i'm going to give it a seven out of ten on letterbox i gave it three and a half so that would be about a seven out of ten yeah i think that's what i did as well on letterbox it's three and a half so let's talk about the 
Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now, 1979, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, who did Godfather films. Stars Martin Sheen, Marlon Brando and Robert Duvall. Dennis Hopper's in there as well. Lawrence Fishburne, young Larry Fishburne, 14-year-old Larry Fishburne. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford's in it, yeah. I forgot about that. He's a soldier guy, isn't he? But yeah, it's basically, it's Martin Sheen, Ben Willard, and he is like a kind of a shadowy soldier, black ops kind of guy. And it starts with him in the hotel room and it becomes apparent that he'd finished a couple of tours in Vietnam, had gone home, decided that he wanted to come back. So he's now back in Vietnam and uh, he's in his hotel room. He gets taken to these um, to these army guys who give him a mission. Uh, they basically explain that there's this guy, uh, Colonel Kurtz, who's Marlon Brando. He's gone absolutely insane and got his own army and dug himself in uh, in Cambodia. And the, his mission, Martin Sheen's mission, is to take out Colonel Kurtz. But in order to get there, he's got to go upriver from sort of south Vietnam to, to Cambodia. And during the Vietnam War? There are, there's kind of three three main sections to this film. So the first one is Flight of the Valkyrie scene. So it's, it's Kilgore, Robert Duval. He's the first group that uh, uh, yes. Martin Sheen goes to. This, yes. And they, yeah, he, uh, Kilgore is running this kind of um, outfit where they're going into villages, they're taking out villages, no fight whatsoever. They're just slaughtering people. And then all of the time that they're doing that, He's obsessed with surfing, so he's got people out surfing on the waves and stuff. Uh, one of his crew is actually a surfer, so he's just, like, focused on him and just chatting to him the whole time. He's like, oh, what do you think of the view? He's like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. look at all this water. He's like, no, look, check out the waves kind of thing, and then yeah. analysing the the waves that are currently happening. But, yeah, like you say, Kilgore is kind of obsessed with that guy, and he's, he just keeps, all he's doing is asking him about surfing because he's, he's obsessed with the pursuit of joy and instant gratification. But, he's yeah, he's obsessed with it. He loves the war. He, he's just there for fun. And that's the first kind of obstacle that Martin Sheen has to overcome, right? So you can look at it like... Martin Sheen is going through these stages to get to Kurtz. They get, they escape him, don't they? And they move, make, carry on upriver to um, the next place, which is called Halfat. And this next place is full of consumerism. There's motorbikes and new shiny things to acquire and consume. And entertainment and all entertainment. that. Entertainment. You've got the Playboy bunnies and the soldiers get a bit too excited and they sort of overwhelm the, the girls, don't they? And kind of gets worse and worse the first bit is war and it's americans and we're bringing over our culture and you know barbecues and music and our sort of way of life and surfing and stuff and the next bit it's getting a little bit more insidious like people are starting to care less but you've still got that culture that we're trying to inject with the consumerism and stuff and then the next part the third bit is um dolong bridge and that's the last bit before he gets to Kurtz. And that's just total carnage. People have gone mad. There's soldiers in the water. What they say is that like, the journey up river is, the, is, is a metaphor for his descent into madness. So you've got the different stages. And then it's basically leading to, to Kurtz, to insanity uh, or hell or call it whatever you like. But the actual, when he gets to Kurtz, you've got the people on the boats and they're all, they've all painted themselves white. Uh, and then they part. And he goes, the gates of hell. 
that's where Kurtz is and, and Dennis Hopper's character as the photojournalist kind of ushers them in and, and that's where they go and speak to, to Kurtz. And this film is very much about the journey, I think. What happens along the way, all of the things that he has to overcome. It's about madness. It's about evil and the things that men do and what they can live with, I think. You know, it got to the end. I watched the three-hour version of this. Three-hour version? What do you mean? Yeah, which one? Because there's like four different versions of this. Of apocalypse seriously now. yeah there's yeah. uh the theatrical version which i think was um two and a half hours there was another version which i watched which was three and a quarter hours and i think it's another one that's like two hours 40 or something brando didn't show up until two and a half hours and when it got to that point i really enjoyed all the brando stuff but when it got to that point i thought it really really don't need brando like for me there'd been enough in the film already i mean that was his mission he had to go towards brando but it was more yeah. about his journey there and what he encountered. And I think it could have ended on the, the gates of hell. And I would have got it and been like, yeah, he's gone mad. I get it. But <laughs> it, was, it was great. Brando was, was, was really good in it. What, what did you think of this film? Funny enough, I watched, so I watched this last night and I watched it a bit late. So I watched it in two parts, which I think ruined it a little bit for me. Yeah. I think I need to rewatch it again and watch it. Informed. All the way through, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's not the sort yeah. of film you need to keep that kind of flow. I think I was like trying to stay awake the whole night. I'm like, just, just finish it, just finish it. It was, qu- it was quite well done. Yeah, I have to say, because he ends up killing Kurtz. Yeah, yeah, he ends up killing Kurtz, and then in the end, everyone kind of takes him as a leader. Is that right? Yeah. So this film could be taken like metaphorically, like you do all these bad things. Um, you'll go insane but if you can keep your you know you'll go mad your soul will be poisoned but if you can keep your sanity then you're evil because you've got all of this darkness inside you but you can use it and be logical and strategic and that's when he was saying about you know doing what needs to be done and being clear about it being ruthless being evil or it could be taken literally like so like a like a magic so like you acquire the evil the heart of darkness you acquire it and then once Kurtz was was the leader and he was the heart of darkness but now that Sheen has come along he's even more bad and he's even more so so he's gonna so he said to his tribe um Brando you know if someone kills me then that means that they're worthy and they can take over so he kills him he doesn't stay does he he, he leaves he gets on a boat and he goes yeah. but that's, that's where the film ends so it works on so many levels this this film and particularly if you watch the documentary there's there's the uh, behind the scenes called I think it's actually called Hearts of Darkness actually the Apocalypse Now documentary and it's just the, the making of it was insane total carnage like they went well over budget Harvey Keitel did a week shooting as the um, M- Martin Sheen character um, but then they got rid of him and Martin Sheen took over Marlon Brando wanted three million for three weeks work and he asked for a million up front. At one stage, oh, okay. he, he was at one stage when, when it looked like they were going to go over um, schedule. And Brando was threatening to not come and keep the million. There's a really interesting story. They, 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 apparently, they made they shot over 240 hours of, of footage uh, and a million million feet of film. And they were, I think, they, I heard somewhere that four editors took two years to to cut it all together. Oh my! And can you imagine? Like, how do you even find? Two years need. to edit it. Yeah. Oh my god, that would drive me insane. I'm interested to see like what bits they ended up cutting out and adding in. You watched a two and a half hour version, two hour version, did you? That sounds about right. Yes. In the version that I watched, there was a scene with like a French community that was living there, 
and they'd apparently been there since before the conflict began, and they were something to do with, with, with World War II, I think, and they'd settled there. I don't think that was in your version. I, I'm, I, when I was watching the, um, the making of, Francis Ford Coppola had actually said that that scene, it's something to do with budget and the set deck department hadn't agreed to reduce their budget. And then they, uh, <laughs> and he was really angry because so, they'd built this set and they'd spent all the money and he was really angry. So out of spite, he just said, I'm not including this scene. This scene's gone. This scene is dead to me. But then years later, he was like, no, actually, I'm going to put this scene in. And it is good. I can see it doesn't really need to be in there. Controversy, controversial scene in this film at the end when um, Sheen is killing Brando's character, Kurtz, with the machete. You don't really see it. It's all in shadows and you don't really see it. And it cuts to the tribe, who's Kurt's army, um, slaughtering a water buffalo. That's right? right. And that's real, unfortunately. That's a real water buffalo. That they're, they're chopped, they chopped his head off. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, because when, when I was finding out some more information about this, I saw one of the, when you type into Google, it said, was it a real buffalo yeah. or something? And I didn't click on it ever, anything, but now I know what that's all about. The way that Coppola works is that when he's making a film, he tries to capitalise on anything that's going on around him. So like when he was making Apocalypse Now, if there was a load of rain or a load of wind, he'd be like, right, let's shoot this scene now because this will look good in this environment. And the same thing happened with the animals because uh, I think it was his, what his wife, she had found out that they were going to um, sacrifice this buffalo. So they were going to do it anyway. So they just put the camera in front of it and filmed it. So, you know, it's, it's nasty, but uh, I think to use that as a stand-in for the death of Kurtz, I think was a bit of a genius move. Yeah, it just added a new new vibe to it. And I, I mean, it's nasty that an animal got killed. Uh, we don't want that, obviously. And I wouldn't say ever do that for a film. But if it's They wouldn't happen, do that these days, that's for sure. No, of course they would and they shouldn't. But, you know, these things do happen. And this tribe was going to slaughter this animal anyway. So why not use it as a piece of art? And why not use it and incorporate that uh, to tell a story of how awful violence is and what it does to a person so i'm okay with that do you know what i mean because it wasn't specifically done it's not like he went out and was gonna like, all right we're gonna we're gonna purchase this buffalo and we're just gonna exactly. slaughter it for this it movie was, yeah it was never part of the film it, or so they say it was never part of the film it just literally came up there and it was like okay well let's film this and, and they used it in, in that way 10 out of 10 for me easily it's insanely good film what, what do you reckon i think i gave it I think a nine out of ten on, or eight out of ten on Letterbox. It was good. I think because I watched it into pieces as well, yeah. that kind of ruined it for me. So I need to rewatch it again, hundred percent. But like when you go on Letterbox, ninety nine percent of the reviews are five out of five. Yeah, they are. It's it's such a highly regarded film. It's just part of the reason which I never saw it as well. Because part of me is like, oh, everyone loves it. I don't, you know, maybe I'm not going to like it. It'd be a disappointment. But I'm so glad that I watched it. And I watched it in the morning. I find that watching films in the morning, I engage with them a lot more. Like, as soon as I wake up, if I put a film on, it's weird. Especially a film like Apocalypse Now, which is already quite dreamlike. There was like a lot of smoke going on. There was a few scenes where people were taking drugs and it was a bit trippy. Fireworks and lights going on and off and a lot of the you know cinematography where it was lighting up people's faces and then going dark and then just lighting up certain bits it felt very dreamlike anyway newsflash apocalypse now is a is a is, is a masterwork 
for the, these two films, for two films that we should have watched, I think they, they go together quite well because they're very, like, looking inside of yourself. Uh, um, there's a bit of stoicism probably throughout both of those films, I would say, like acceptance of your situation. They're both very, very thought-inducing films. And I think they work well together. Definitely good choices. Great choices, yeah. yeah. I, I would, in terms of scores, I would say probably two of the best films as like a as a gross as a gross average. I would say that we've watched. Is there anything else you want to say about Apocalypse Now? No, not not really. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder what Albert would have chosen out of your three movies. I feel like he would have chosen like L.A. Confidential. I think. I think he might have gone for Apocalypse Now actually. You think so? I think so. Yeah, because well, it would, he would have. He's like, in a way. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was. He, <laughs> I think he was forty-five on this film when Apocalypse Night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, he, I think he would have gone for that because it's a war film. Maybe LA Confident. He would no way have would he have chosen, chosen her. her. Absolutely no, not. Not a chance. Great. Shall we move on? Let's move on. Next bit. Uh, we got to pick the films for um, the next episode. So. You suggested another theme for the show, and because I have a, a giant man crush on a certain Mr. Ryan Gosling, <laughs> you suggested that we should do a Gosling double bill. First time I featured on your podcast, we watched The Big Short. Yeah, and Gosling is in. He's that. in that. You mentioned how much of a man crush you've got on him. <laughs> yeah, well, that was um, that was for our Brad Pitt double bill, wasn't it? Yes. So we can't choose, obviously we can't choose the big short because we've already watched it for, for the show. But yeah, on that basis, we've decided to go for uh, Ryan Gosling double bill. And I've got, I've got a few picks. Um, so I'm going to pick three, you're going to pick three, and then we're going to knock two out of each other's lists to get to one each. Are you ready to go? Yeah, do you want to go first? Okay. I promise next, next time I'll go first, but I, I just really want to see what you're going to choose. Okay. I'm going to go for, the first one is obvious one for me, Drive. And you, you're going to do that, 100%. Drive is a, is a great film. Next one is The Nice Guys. Okay. Russell Crowe and Gosling. And my last choice is Crazy Stupid Love. It's hilarious. I, I love, did not makes think me you were going to choose any of those. Really, I knew you would choose Drive. Yeah. I knew you would choose Drive 100%. Yeah. But Nice Guy and... Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah. Did not think you would choose those two. What about you? What are you um what are you going for? Okay. I'm going for Only God Forgives. Okay. Another Nicholas Winding Refin film. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um The First Man. First Man. Oh yeah, the Neil Neil Armstrong one, yeah. And Blade Runner twenty forty eight. Twenty twenty forty nine. Forty nine. Is it forty nine? Yeah, 48 is the prequel. So, I've got Drive, Nice Guys, Crazy Stupid Love. You've got Only God Forgives, First Man, and Blade Runner 2049. Do you know what you're going to get rid of in mine? Or are you a bit... Are you on the fence still? I'm a bit on the fence. All right, I'll get rid of one of yours then, because I think I know. I I watched this film about six weeks ago, so I'm going to get rid of First Man. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Okay. It's very good. So I would say I would say do watch it, but I watched it so recently that I just I want to watch something that I haven't seen for a while. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna knock out Crazy Stupid Love. It is great. Really? And I've watched it so many times. I just wanna watch something potentially watch something different. 
or something different. Right. Yeah, I, I get that. Okay, so now we're left with, in my list, Driver Nice Guys, and in your list, Only God Forgives and Blade Runner 2049. So, Drive, have you seen it? I have seen it. Okay, it's a good film, Drive. Directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. I think it's 2011, I think. And Ryan Gosling is a driver. He's a stunt driver in Hollywood, but he's also uh, moonlighting as a driver for thieves and bank robbers and that sort of thing. He's a quiet character. He doesn't say much. It's very much in the vein of um, like the driver and kind of films where there's a guy who drives. He doesn't say much. He doesn't have a name. It's quite cliche in that way, but it's just a cool film. And I, the soundtrack, soundtrack to this film probably elevates it a lot for me. And that's why it's on my list because I love it. And I've got The Nice Guys, which is Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Have you seen this one? I haven't seen this one. Okay. Yeah, so Rus- Russell, Russell Crowe and, um, and Ryan Gosling. And I think one of them, I think they might be both like private detectives. And it's a Shane Black film, Shane Black wrote, and I think he directed it as well. And Shane Black is known for films like Lethal Weapon and Predator and a lot of kind of like macho dialogue, kind of bantery. And this is this is like a comedy thriller. And they're, I think they're investigating like a death. Uh, Ryan Gosling is a bit of a, a weedy sort of character. And Russell Crowe is this big brute cop. And it's quite funny the way that they are with each other. It's, yeah, it's comedy thriller. And I like it. And that's why it's on my list. Only, why have you got Only God Forgives? Well, I originally watched Drive and then the uh, same director is that did Only God Forgives. And I remember watching this film at an art house cinema here in Melbourne and I absolutely loved it. Cin- really? Cinematically wise, it's yeah. really well done. It's done in Thailand. Literally when it came out was the... First and last time that I've seen this film. Yeah. But I remember I loved it. Uh, Julian, who I believe that's Ryan Gosling's character, he runs a Thai boxing club yeah. as a front organisation for his family drug smuggling operations. That's right. Forced by his mother, Crystal, to find and kill the individual responsible for his brother's recent death. I imagine it's going to be quite a dark film, quite violent. Very dark. Yeah. Okay. Blade Runner Two. Why, why have you got Blade Runner Two? Well, to be honest, I've well, I briefly watched Blade, the original Blade Runner. I can't say I've properly seen it, so I went to see what movies Ryan has done, and yeah. like that's one of them that I haven't seen that I would really like to see one day. Yeah, whether it's, it's, it's on the podcast or not, it's definitely worth a watch. I would say probably do watch the first one first um you don't have to but it helps um with a certain narrative that's going on i'm not going to spoil is it harrison ford character Mm, yeah so yeah so harrison ford is in both of them but he's not in the second one as much okay uh the second one is is gosling is the the main character but yeah it's not necessary but i would say watch the first one then watch the second are you ready to to knock out one of mine or do you want me to knock out one of yours? Yeah, I think you should knock out one of mine first. Blade Runner 2. Okay. I'm getting rid of that. For a couple of reasons. I haven't seen Only God Forgives. I think maybe watch the first Blade Runner before you've seen that one. And it's also, it's a really long film and I don't want to watch another long film for the podcast. 
So out of yours then, we're keeping only God forgives. Okay. Well, maybe because I haven't seen the nice guys, I'm going to choose that for next week's podcast. Nice guys. Okay, so you're knocking out Drive. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, oh. it would have been would have been brilliant to watch Drive and then only for God forgives straight after that. It would be it, it would be good. Yeah, I've seen I have seen Drive a lot. Uh, I love it, but yeah, I'm, Nice Guys is a bit is a bit happier as well. I think it'd be nice to have yeah. that kind of contrast. I think only God forgives <laughs> sound it's like it's very it's, dark, it's, very yeah. dark, very blood and glory. It's. I think I might watch that one first and then cheer myself up with the nice guys. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. So that's it then. So next episode, uh, our Ryan Gosling double bill will be the nice guys and only God forgives. Job done. Job done. Shall we move on to Stitch Up? Yeah. Let's get, watch? LOL. let's get this. Let's get this out of the way. So <laughs> last, last, um, last episode, we tossed a coin that I lost and I had to watch LOL. Which is which is a film. It's a film, um, yeah. So, 2012. <laughs> this film was made in 2012, and it was a, a remake of a 2008 French film called. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, the 2008 version was written and directed by um, Lisa. I'm going to mispronounce this name, but Lisa Azuelos, and she came back to write and direct the 2012 version, which is the Americanized version. So Miley Cyrus is this girl, what is called Lola, um, hence, hence the title, LOL, LOL. And she's this kind of high school kid and she has got a boyfriend and she's got these perfect mates and this high school nonsense. And she, her boyfriend cheats on her and tells her and she gets the ump, obviously, and decides to get matey with one of his, one of his friends. And she basically falls in love with one of his friends and it's about their journey to romance throughout the film. And there's various scenes of miscommunication. She thinks he's cheating, he's not. And it basically leads up to a trip to Paris where they have sex for the first time. Uh, and it's, that is basically it. That is the film in a nutshell. It's about her wanting to have sex with her boyfriend and the trials and tribulations of being a teenager. And it's it's not it's not as bad as I thought it might be, okay. but it ain't it ain't great either. Like it's not it, it's like um like a film like a coming it's like a coming of age film, but just not done brilliantly. And I wonder like because the two thousand eight version I haven't seen it obviously the French version, but I would I would imagine that it's probably much better than this version. And I wonder if some of the dialogue was, was kind of kept, whether they reused the same script and some of the translation wasn't quite right. I, I don't know. It just did, a lot of the tone of the film didn't feel quite right. Like they would, the characters would say one thing and I think it was going in a, in a certain direction because of what they were saying and doing, how they were acting. But then it would okay. be something else. Like when Lola's boyfriend tells her that he was cheating, the way he does it is he comes in and he says, oh, by the way, she, she accuses him of not answering his phone. Why weren't you answering your phone? He says, oh, I was, sorry, I was cheating on you. And it's almost said like a joke. And she says, oh, yeah, I was cheating on you too. And I thought, oh, this is just a bit of banter between a couple. They're just having a joke. But then out of nowhere, Miley Cyrus just pushes him and just goes and walks off. I'm like, oh, it wasn't a joke. It was real. And I just didn't quite know what was going on. It didn't feel, the tone didn't feel consistent to me. 
Um, but like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was, it was like, um, like I said, it's a coming of age film, but not done quite as well. Like, The Edge of Seventeen is a great film, really I was funny. Thinking of that exactly when yeah. you were saying coming of age films. It's like a book smart, I guess. Is Booksmart a coming of age film? Yeah, Booksmart, both Edge Seventeen, Booksmart, both brilliant coming to coming of age films that are fairly recent. Um, and this this one is 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 nowhere near that. It's like a poor man's version of that. There's one scene in it which actually made me laugh. There's a bit in it where one of Lola's friends, Emily, she's called, she is on this computer thing. And there's this chat room and these like like these like a Zoom room type thing. She's chatting to someone. And it's clearly like a sex chat thing. And she decides to get her, she pulls out her webcam and like pretends like she's putting it down, like downstairs area. But really she's putting it inside a chicken. Um, so the, <laughs> the person who's seen that thinks that the chicken is her vagina. And I was, I was kind of like, what? <laughs> this is the craziest thing. But it made me laugh and it was just, it was just random. And that was my favourite part of the film. There was some... Um, there was some pretty blatant product placement in this. There's a bit in it where Lola's mum buys her a ring and she presents like this jewellery box to Lola. And then she opens the box and the camera just zooms in on Pandora. <laughs> it's like, oh, right. Pandora product. And then, it go, and, then it, and then it pans down to the ring. It's like, oh, okay, all right, fair enough. So it's a bit like, it's a bit, it leaves a bit of a sour taste in your mouth, especially after, right? Especially after watching apocalypse now and her and all of these like deep films and truman show all of these deep films that you're like that have got loads of different layers and messages and makes you think about yourself and the world and other people and then i watched lola and it just totally shat on my <laughs> my mood that day if you're a 12 year old girl yes. you would enjoy it i don't know i wouldn't go that far i would say like yeah it was fine if you're a 12 year old girl but yeah. it's it's pretty bad but but not human centipede bad oh god it's it's i'm gonna give it all right it's not as bad as the rise of skywalker uh, and i gave that a three out of ten i think so i'm gonna give this a 3.5 out of ten i'm done i think not, i think we're done with that i'm not, I'm not yeah i'm not <laughs> talking about lol anymore it's, at least it wasn't a long film yes that's right Shall, uh, shall we talk about well, we need who's going to win? We next? need to find out. Yeah, we need to find who's out who, gonna um, who's going to watch the Stitch Up for the next episode. So for me, you chose Zombies. Zombies? zombies. Yeah, it's a recent Disney film that just came out like a That's month right. ago on the Disney yeah. Channel. If you chose that for me, I would, I would kill you. It looks, it looks completely shit. All right, so you chose for me Zombies and I chose for you Superman 4. And you did a... I mean, you can't really call it a poll. Why not? Because, because you went on Instagram and you didn't, you didn't give any context. You didn't say what it was for. You just said, which film wouldn't you want to watch? And I was well, scratching my head uh, like, what? <laughs> I go, vote for which film you wouldn't want to watch for next week's podcast. Oh, did you? No, you yeah. didn't. You liar. I did. Okay. Which film you wouldn't? Which film you wouldn't want to watch? Which makes sense. So what? What's the? So what's the result? If uh, don't worry, just tell me what you think the result <laughs> is, and I'll tell you why it's not the result that you think it is. <laughs> so um, there was seven votes. 
I bicycling pressed uh, Superman 4, so that was one of the roads. Right. But 71% decided that zombies is what they wouldn't want to watch. So that's what you're watching next week. But doesn't that mean that you're watching Superman, though? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Is it best saying they yeah. wouldn't want to watch it? You wouldn't want to watch the film, so... Yeah, I wouldn't want to Do watch think... zombies, so I, I'm going to watch Superman yeah. instead. No. <laughs> you're watching right. that movie well, next week. <laughs> well, look, I, I watch him every week anyway, so it don't matter, does it, really? Zombies. I'll go easy on you next week. Have you got Disney Plus? I was going to get a free trial, yeah, so I haven't done it yet, so I'll um I'll get a free trial and watch this. Yeah, great. Um, okay, right, so I'm watching Zombies, and for the next stitch up, I think I know what I'm going to choose for you. Yeah, I'm going to choose for you a little film that was made in 2008. It's on YouTube. Okay. It's actually on YouTube. Oh, no. Go on. No, it's a French film. Okay. And it's called LOL. Uh, yeah, so you can watch the French version of it. I actually wanted to watch it anyway. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I was intrigued to, I was intrigued to see what the French version would be. Yeah, me too. I had, something, right. else, I had something else in mind for you, but then I thought, no, and I found out that was on YouTube, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to give you that. So, okay. LOL, 2008 French version versus whatever you're giving me. I'm going to be a bit nice this week. The Avengers Endgame? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've chosen The Good Boys. The Good Boys? The Good Boys. Is that... Are you being kind? I've never... I don't know it. What is it? It is, I guess, a coming-of-age film in a way as well. But it's more preschool kids. Uh, oh, I've seen this. Take it for Trembley. I've seen this. It's good. Oh, you like it? Oh, hang on. I'm getting a call from Beijing. Oh, better answer that. So, so good boys. Okay. I was trying to watch it the other week and I was like, this seems shit. But I don't know. Maybe we've got different taste. All right. <laughs> well, we'll find out. We'll find out next time if I lose so uh, that's it isn't it we've, we've done it we've done it we've got through everything I think haven't we yes yeah okay. so we'll, we'll, we'll go away and we'll watch those films for the next episode if you want to catch up and that's where the recording cut off but all there was to do really was sign off and say thanks for listening tune in to next week to hear our Ryan Gosling episode and find out how I got on with zombies that's Disney zombies. If you want to catch up with us, I'm on flick.face on Instagram, flick underscore face on Twitter, or email us at twinpixpod at gmail.com. And Nicole is on Nika Creative on Instagram. That's N I K A and Creative, less the E. See you next week.